Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Joining us on the line is Dr. Gerard Ferdun, a toxicologist for the Griffin Poison Information Center. Doctor, very good afternoon to you and thank you for joining us. Good afternoon. Doctor, so we're looking at uh, uh, the subject of chemical warfare. In this particular case, white phosphorus and what its impact is in a war scenario, the use of white phosphorus in warfare. But what exactly is white phosphorus and its impact? What is what is it all about? Well, white phosphorus is basically the elemental phosphorus which is used in uh, in a grenade or a bomb, and then when it explodes, it releases the phosphorus into the air, and normally the phosphorus is then very finely pulverized because of the explosive action, and um, phosphorus reacts with oxygen air very rapidly, and is then oxidized, and that's what white, that white plume right. that you very often see when you look at war movies and so on. Uh, but it is not a chemical warfare agent. Chemical warfare agents are different. White phosphorus is technically only a way to create smoke or to create um, an anoxic environment because when you use an, a white phosphorus bomb or a grenade, it basically deoxygenates the entire area because it sucks up all the oxygen to oxidize the phosphorus. Okay. So in, in that respect, um, Israel uh, reports say Israel is, is using this. Couldn't this be view, uh, viewed as, as something dangerous and detrimental uh, in terms of international law? Warfare is dangerous. So that's a fact of life. When you, when there's warfare going on, there's dangerous things. So you work with, with phosphor grenades, there's high explosive grenades. Right. There's flare grenades, all this sort of stuff. So it is, it is intrinsically dangerous when you talk about any type of warfare. But oh, uh, I saw now on, on all the internet and stuff, there's a lot of hoo-ha about this going on. And, um, it is very often in warfare that, that, uh, different parties use white phosphorus because it's a way to create a smoke screen, first of all. Um, if they don't use the smoke grenades, or it's a way then to flush the enemies out of their bunkers or their trenches because it deoxygenates the entire area. And that's what it's primarily used for. It's not used as, um, uh, as a, a chemical warfare agent because chemical warfare agents like um, mustard gas and sarin and tabian and right. those things right. are basically designed to put people on contact, finish and clear. Whereas white phosphorus <laughs> seldom kills a person. It mm. is just causing a severe anoxic condition, or if it falls on the skin, it can cause um, anything from mild to severe skin burns. And, uh, okay, so you just mentioned, in actual fact, that was going to be my next question about how detrimental it would be to the skin, and what about uh, eyesight? Yeah, obviously, when you when you get that stuff into your eyes or inhale the stuff or you get it onto your skin, there's going to be um, anything from mild to severe irritation, depending on how close you are to the point of impact and the point of explosion. And I remember myself having been in the army, being exposed to the stuff. If you, if you're down when it comes to your eyes, your eyes do burn a bit. But if you're in the sort of immediate target range of the explosion, then you can get severe eye burning and and skin burns. So in other words, if that elemental phosphorus hits your skin, it starts sure. oxidizing there. You can get anything from a first degree to a third degree burn. Mm-hmm. But normally, with a, a prop explosion like like let's say for example a 120 mortar which contains white phosphorus, it is such a massive impact that it pulverizes the the, uh, the phosphorus completely and it oxidizes in the air before it falls onto the human body. And um, then that uh, hyperphosphorus acid is less caustic 
or less acidic than you would find with a white phosphorus. So yeah. um, it depends on where you are in the contact zone. Doctor, could you see, could, could, could we see um, an escalation or rather an abuse of the use of, te- of, chemical, of chemicals in this uh, horrific war that's going on uh, between Israel and terror groups? Could this be a, a, the perfect, a breeding ground, for, so to speak, for it? Well, I don't think so. From the Israeli side, the only thing they will use, um, I think in some cases, to flush out the Hamas and Gaza will be the white phosphorus uh, mm-hmm. or to create the smoke screen if they want to send in the, the, the ground forces, otherwise the infantry forces. Um, and I seriously, seriously doubt that Israel would ever use any chemical warfare agents. I don't even think they've got that. On the Hamas side, I don't know. I don't know what they're capable of because they're supplied by Iran and by other um, rogue nations, and it is likely that they might be in possession of some chemical warfare mm, agents. Mm, mm. And I know that in in Syria, for example, that the Syrian forces, was a lot of rather saying English, the Syrian forces, they used um, chemical warfare agents in the Kurdistan area, which right. is completely, completely unacceptable from... Wow. Not even from a convention perspective, but from a humanity perspective. Um, I'm a chemist myself, and I know what chemical warfare can do. I've been working on, sure. in my younger days, on on combating chemical warfare by designing special clothing for it. But it is definitely not acceptable. It's um, right. well, to me, war. I've been in two wars. I don't want to see it again. But to me, chemical warfare is patently, patently unacceptable. doesn't matter which party side is sitting on. One can well imagine, Doctor. I just want to confirm during our conversation that about international law allowing or not allowing for the use of white phosphorus. I just want to clarify that point. In, well, in international law, the um, international conventions on warfare say that you, that you should not actually use um, white phosphorus when it comes to impact on civilians. Right. Um, there's nothing which says you can't use white phosphorus when you do normal conventional, um, conventional warfare because it's one of the tools used in, like I said, to flush out your enemy from bunkers or um, wherever they're hiding out. But um, when it comes to using it um, in civilian areas, then unfortunately, it well, it is not allowed or it is totally disallowed. Uh, but right. unfortunately, in a case like in the Hazar area, you it's difficult to separate the human population from the terrorist organization. Indeed. And that's, yeah, the that's where right. Israel, that's where Israel got a bit of a backlash. But I'm mm. not on the ground there. I could only talk to what I've heard, rumors. I don't even watch the news. I only speak to my people in a lot. Right. On the telephone now and again to see what's going on there. But, um, yeah, that's all I can say about the situation. Doctor, we're going to leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Just to share, just to at least define white phosphorus and exactly what its composition is, how it's deployed as you pointed out earlier on, and uh, the effects it has on a population, of course, being spread, a, a chemical that spreads doesn't exactly discriminate, or shall we say, choose who it's going to target <laughs> when it's being deployed. Dr. Gerard Ferdun, toxicologist from the Griffin Poison Information Center, just giving us some background as to what white phosphorus is all about and how it's being deployed in the war at the moment.